We are in a series called Identity Crisis, and uh, what we've been talking about is the fact that we have an identity. You have certain strengths. You have certain weaknesses. You have certain um, tendencies, if you will. Some of those tendencies are good. Some of those tendencies could use some work, okay? And so that's how we are. We have certain paths. Uh, If you ever do any study into family of origin studies, um, we have uh, certain things that just because we grew up in a certain way, this is who we are. And so um, we've been talking about all that. And how how does that fit into the Bible? How does that fit into our relationships? How does that fit into our relationship with Christ. Well, what I want to talk about this morning is um, just the certain way that God has gifted each of us. We all have certain gifts. Um, I was just a few uh, months ago, a couple months ago, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a fireman, and he said, "Let's get together for coffee." And I said, "Okay, you know, where do you want to meet, and what do you want to do? You want to do coffee? You want to do lunch, or whatever?" And he said, uh, "Why don't we meet at the station?" And I'm like. Wow. Like, the fire station? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, me at the fire station. I said, okay, well, you want me to just, like, pull up and, and you can just get in the car? I'm like, please say no, please say no. Please let me go inside. Let me touch something. I just want to touch something <laughs> in a fire station, right? I'm like, I'm like, literally, I'm seven years old when it comes to fire stations. I don't know why. Um, I should have become a fireman, but I'm frightened of fire. Uh, and danger, and I don't like helping people that much. But the th- other than that, I'd be awesome. So, so, so I, I end up at the fire station. It's, it's amazing. Everything's amazing. I actually have a picture of me on a fire truck um, and, uh, when, I was, when I was there. And uh, so, yeah, that was it. I know. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not a female pastor. Um, all right. So this is actually me on the fire truck, okay? D- d- dump, dumpy, middle-aged white guy, okay? Uh, but that's me. And uh, so I posted this on Instagram for those of you who, who are uh, on Instagram at all. But uh, that's what I think I look like on a fire truck and what I, what I a- actually look like. This is the fire truck, like just part of the like valves and stuff. And, and there's all these, like, really cool names to them. Like, like, that's the left hose reel and the right hose reel. And then there's a rear discharge. I didn't touch that one. Um, <laughs> but, like, but, like, while I'm there, I could just picture myself, like, pulling knobs. And, and like, there's a fire. And I'm like, you're like, we need more left hose reel. I'm like, Roger. You know, wah, wah. So <clears throat> I was touching all that stuff. And then uh, at the bottom is this, this thing, this little spindly thing, and a, another thing where you turn it and all that. All this to say that when I look at a fire truck, in my mind, so you get an idea of like what's happening, this is what I see. When I'm... <laughs> I just see like little walkie-talkies and stuff you can s- slip over and all, all, that, all that kind of stuff. But the reality is, unfortunately... This is what I look like on a fire truck. I'm, I'm hold. I don't know if you can see, but I'm I'm not holding the, the the intercom thing right. Like that's wrong. I'm super. Like I don't know. Who, I don't know if there's ever a fireman that looks as happy as I do. 
right? I think my hat, the hat's too big for my head. And like, yeah, I just picture some chiseled jawed fireman and my have this little, you know, very supple face. And um, I'm, I'm, you don't, you don't want me at a fire. You just don't. But here's the thing that I want to get to you. And it is the thing. We are all and by the time I get done this morning, I hope you buy into this fully. We are all, every single one of us, in the sound of my voice and on Facebook Live, are first responders. All of us. You are a first responder to your family. You're a first responder to your coworkers. You're a first responder to those people you go to school with. You're a first responder to your neighbor. Anyone that is in the circle of influence that you have, you're a first responder to. And so what I want to do this morning is to give you a vision, maybe, of uh, getting past the fact that you might not be a fireman, right? Because, you know, you think of first responders, and they're amazing. I mean, uh, you know, firemen, policemen, you know, ambulance, all, all that. And forgive me if you're a first responder and I didn't get your category. Um, you know, I, it's because I'm lame, okay? But... Uh, like we think of them and we think hero. We think, uh, you know, oh man, I couldn't do that. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. And the sad thing is, and this is what I see all the time through the church, that you are missing out on a big part of what God has for your life because you're afraid to step out into the dangerous uh, kingdom of God. And you want to be safe. And don't get me wrong, I get it. If there's a fire and they say get on the fire truck, I said I'll take an Uber and I'll meet you there. Let me know when the fire's out and I'll take pictures, right? That's, that's me. And I think oftentimes, like myself, we're excited when we hear about things of the kingdom of God and, and we'd like to sit on the fire truck and we'd like to turn some knobs and, and hear some things and kind of from a distance figure out what, what's going on. But in reality, we just sit back and we allow the work to be done by other people. I'm here to tell you that you are a first responder. You are qualified. And God has gifted you uniquely for the area that, uh, of life that you are in right now. You say, what about my past? Your past is redeemed. You're forgiven by the blood of Jesus. That's over. Your past doesn't mean anything. Your past is good to remember your past and to realize where you are now in Christ Jesus. You say, I'm not qualified. You are qualified. Your value never came from yourself anyway. It comes from the fact that you're created in the image of God. That you are a man or a woman created in the image of God. And he has gifted you with certain gifts. We're going to talk about those gifts a little bit this morning. And we're going to talk about how do you get them? What do you do with them? How do you use them? And uh, so I hope that this morning is encouraging to you and that you can uh, uh, get an idea of what God has for you. So we're talking in 1 Corinthians. And uh, 1 Corinthians is just... The reason they call it 1 Corinthians is it's the first letter that we have from Paul to this church in Corinth. And whoever named the books of the Bible, I joke around, we could have done a better job, but they, 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 it's just 1 Corinthians, okay? So uh, that's what it is. Now, Paul wrote another letter to the Corinthians, which they called uh, 
2 Corinthians, okay? And uh, there was actually another letter that he wrote to the Corinthians, but we don't, we don't have it, okay? So we just have 1 and 2 Corinthians. And Corinthians, the church in Corinth, was pretty much dysfunctional, okay? Now, that's hard for you and I to understand because we are at Living Spring. But, uh, but it was just a dysfunctional place. And you know why it was dysfunctional? Because it contained people, and so uh, if, you, if, you, if you're in a place that contains people, it's going to be dysfunctional to some degree or another. And our job as, bo- as the body of Christ is to try to be as healthy as we possibly can. And so he's writing this letter to go, look, you guys, I, I want to instruct you. One of the things that the Cor- Corinthian church did was they would have communion and they'd have this communal meal and the wealthy people would come with uh, their buckets of Kentucky Fried Chicken and ribs and all that kind of stuff. And they didn't have to work in the field, so they could come early. And they would come early, and they'd eat all this great food and drink wine, and some of them were getting drunk. And and then the field workers would come in, and there'd be no more food for them. There'd be nothing for them. And Paul's like, oh, my goodness, this is so frustrating, as you can imagine. And so he's writing these instructions. Well, at, verse, at chapter 12, we get into this uh, really instructive part of the Bible. And it says this. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. So think about, you know, if you want to just get into reality of today's life, that there's a gift... And that there's some, somebody distributing. I don't know if you saw on the news lately that Amazon has these little robots now that will bring the package to your door. I just want to order something from Amazon just to have that happen to me. I don't care what it is. It's just I just want to be like, hey, little buddy. And I lift it up and I, I get this thing. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. But there's these different kinds of gifts. God has gifts for you. God has probably already gifted you. Now, here's the important part to think about gifts. When I get something from Amazon that's a gift, it's for me, for me to enjoy. It's for my entertainment. Maybe I bought myself that gift. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I get to use. Look at the difference between the gifts that for me and what God says. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Maybe. And I know, I know we're all Americans and we love to consume. Maybe God is gifting you so that you will use that to serve others. Maybe you have a gifting that you have that is used to serve others. Watch what he says. There's different kinds of working. But in all of them. So, so you've got gifts. You've got, you take these gifts and you've got this service. And then you've got this, this working of the Holy Spirit. This moving of the Holy Spirit. And I, I hope by that time I'm done talking to you this morning, there will be a stirring in you. There will be a vision for you to go, where am I a first responder? When that alarm goes off, when I get that email, when I get that telephone call, when I get that text... Is it time for me to respond? So he says there's different kinds of working, but in all of them, these workings, watch, and in everyone, nobody's exempt. Let's say, that's it, sister, you can do it. It's all right. 
You can say, preach it, amen, say it, say it. You can do all of that. I'm, I'm, down, I'm down for all of that. Just don't critique the sermon during the sermon, okay? You spell the word wrong, like that's not amen, okay? That's naughty. We're not going to do that. I don't care if you accepted Jesus yesterday and you just said, you know what? I, I, my life, I got to turn my life around. I'm gonna, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want my life to reflect his life. I want to be the best Jesus I can be. Yesterday that happened. You know what I found? Sometimes those people do the best work because they're so close to their salvation. They're so close to their renewal. They're so close to their regeneration. It's so fresh for them. They just want to talk to people about it. In everyone, it is the same God at work. I'm going to put this together into one verse so you can see it. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Let me tell you how exciting this is. God, the God of the universe, is at work in you. Think about that. You think, not me, not me. He's, in work, he's at work in you, pastor, because you're a pastor. That, is, that, that theology is horrible. That's the worst theology. That the pastor or the fireman or pick the person up here is more important than you. One of the things we'll learn in our uh, history class that we'll be doing over the next four weeks is a thing called polity. That's just a fancy word for organizational structure. And in our particular denomination, this is why I love it so much, the clergy and the lay people have equal say. You know why? Because we believe in the priesthood of all believers. My job is not to be the best Christian of the bunch. (laughs) Although, (laughs) I mean, anywho, that is not my job. My job is to equip you to be the best Christian you can be, to be the best follower of Jesus you can be. This verse literally says, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every single person within the sound of my voice, it is the same God at work. Here's my point for this morning. As I said in the beginning, every person is a first responder. Every single person. If you're a young person, sixth grade, Follower of Jesus, you're in your school. You are a first responder in that classroom to bring the love and the hope and the peace of Christ. You might be in a situation at work or at school, and you notice some gossip begins to start. And you know, I mean, you can tell. I don't need to explain to you what gossip is. You know, there's usually something in the back of your mind that says, "Don't, don't engage. Don't engage. And maybe as a first responder, you come to those little flames that are starting and you just put them out. And you've just saved a devastation. The James, the, the half-brother of Jesus wrote in a book we call James uh, that the, the tongue is a fire and that just with a few words it sets ablaze this great forest fire. How many times has a tweet gone out and it's just... A post, a video, you having an opinion, and it just becomes, and we can be first responders there. We don't have to be Bible scholars. Now, this next verse is so encouraging, but frightening. 
if you really believe it to your, for, for yourself. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. This word manifestation means appearance. That when you show up as a first responder, the Holy Spirit is showing up. That to each one, you have been given this appearance of God, this gift that you bring into your conversations, that you bring into your situations, that you bring into your work, your neighborhood, your family, your relationships. To each one, this manifestation of the Spirit is given. And watch what it's given for. Each one, manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Listen, brothers and sisters, and those of you who are just visiting and don't even believe in the Bible yet, you're not here for you. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're not here for you. Now, you get stuff when you come to church and when you gather together in small groups. But you're here to bring a collective manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And you felt it before. I, I I felt it while we were singing this morning. When Anna was singing for us. And I hear your voices. And I go, oh man, it's the Spirit of God. Well, it's not just the Spirit of God. It's the manifestation that you brought here when you got here. That's why we say every single week, it's better when you're here. And we say to the people on Facebook Live, you should be here. It's really fun. <laughs> right? And so this is, it's for the common good. So I use my gifts, not for me. But for the common good. You use your gifts, not for you, but for the common good. Question is, how are we doing as first responders? Are we just sitting on the fire truck? A goofy hat and holding the thing wrong? Or are we going, okay, I'm going to step out. I might not even know quite what I'm doing. Before we get into all the gifts that are mentioned, because we, we tend to, as Christians, get caught up in these, the gifts and which gift do I have and when did I get it and all, all this kind of stuff. Um, I want to share a story. I asked him if I could tell the story, but that same friend of mine who's a fireman talked about coming to a fire. And he was being trained at that point to be an engineer, And the engineer uh, is the one who operates all those levers and stuff while there's a fire going. And so they decide which hoses get which kind of water. And he had opened up all the hoses because that's what I do in a fire. You open up all the hoses because, you know, look at the red stuff and pour on the wet stuff is kind of the way it, it goes. And so it's like the more wet stuff you have, the better it is. Except those hoses were pointing at, like some were pointing at the structures next to the building and didn't need to be turned on just yet or just needed a little flow. And then the ones that were at the heart of the fire needed the most amount. Well, he was in training and uh, he, 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 the, the engine only had so much water. And so the captain comes over and goes, you don't have enough water to put out this fire. You've wasted it all on these other, on these other structures, right? Now, you, can you imagine you're a fireman and you, you make that mistake? And so, uh, but they, you know, they're firemen. So they're smart and burly and they hook up something to a fire hydrant and everything, you know, everything's fine. But I think we get so frightened of that failure what if, what if I'm a first responder and I haven't been trained properly? What, what if I'm a first responder and uh, uh, they ask me a question about the Bible and I go, oh, I, don't, I don't know, that's a really good question. I was just here to 
be patient, <laughs> you know? Like, like what, what if that happens? It's for the common good. Now, here's, here's, here's why I talk about that, because I'm talking mostly to seasoned Christians right now. So uh, for those of you who are, aren't there, but what I find is the longer someone remains a Christian, the more in a kind of rut they can get. This is my gift, or I don't have this gift. Here's the one I hear most of the time. I do not have the gift of evangelism. I don't have the gift of evangelism. We're going to address that in just a second. And guys are in big trouble. Uh, well, watch this. To each one is given through the Spirit, uh, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. You might have actually experienced this, where you were in a situation and you were praying, Lord, I don't even, I have no idea what to say to this person. I have no idea what to say to this person. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, that was a good idea. And you tell the person, and they're like, oh, that's, that's it. You were just given the gift of wisdom. You're not wise, okay, right? You were just given this gift, and you went, this would be perfect for you. And they go, this is perfect. You see what I'm saying? We tend to think of gifts as though you you have this status, this thing. I have the gift of wisdom. Like, I have the gift of humility. (sighs) Okay, right? To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. I was guilty of this just last week in a sermon. I said, yeah, I just don't have the gift of faith. I'm going to come down on me hard today. To others, gifts of healing by that one spirit. See, what's the common narrative through the whole thing? The spirit. The spirit. The spirit decides to whom and what. The Spirit decides when. The Spirit decides how much. He goes on. I put all these together to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing of spirits, uh, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues. We can talk about that at a different time. And to others still the interpretation of tongues. And most Christians would look at all those things and go, I don't have that gift. Let me ask you a question. Am I the best violin player in the world? You'd answer no. It was a rhetorical question, okay? You didn't have to answer. It hurts my feelings. Am I, the best, am I the best violinist in the world? I don't know because I've never played the violin. I might be. Lurking around in this, in this walnut-sized brain might be just like a focus like you've never seen. And I might be playing, you know, like crazy violin music. I don't even know what it is. But I, I, I won't know because I didn't try. And here's what I'm just going to say to you Christians, to me. Maybe I don't know that I have the gift of faith because I'd never exercise it. I sit in the back of the Uber when I should be pulling knobs and going, hey, I might mess up, but I'm going to give it a shot. So that the next time the Lord gives me this gift of faith, I actually open it up and use it. You may say, I don't have the gift of evangelize. When's the last time you evangelized? If it was 10 years ago, you might have 17 gifts of evangelism just floating around that you've never unwrapped and tried to use. 
You say, well, last time I used it, oh man, that was terrible. Can you imagine if this firefighter said, last time I pulled the knobs to let the hoses out, oh, I almost burned the whole house down, I quit. No, he goes back, he learns, oh, oh man, oh, I could have done this right, this wrong, whatever. He goes back into training. Most of the time you find out in life that every person who's best at everything has spent more time failing at it than they have succeeding, including the world's best violinist. And so maybe you have some of these gifts. Maybe you have the gift of healing, but you're so frightened to lay hands on somebody and say, Lord Jesus, I pray in your name that this person would be healed. You're like, but what if they don't get healed? What if you had the gift of healing and they could have been? See, this is what we have to think of as we step out as first responders. Are we going to fail? Yes. Are you going to pray for people and they're not healed? Yeah, I guarantee it. Are you going to evangelize? And we, we evangelize isn't even a really good word, but just share your story. And they don't, it doesn't resonate with them or they don't believe in Jesus or whatever. That's not your problem. If you pray for someone and they're not healed, that is a move of God's spirit. The spirit gifts to whom he determines and when and how. I share my faith. Nobody comes to Christ. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I have never led someone to the Lord yet where I was the first person they talked to. Oh, every single time, every single time I've led someone to Christ, they tell me about the other people in their life that have been talking to them. Can you imagine if you have the best gift of evangelism in the world and you've never led anyone to Christ because the next person they talk to comes to know the Lord? It would be tragic if you stopped. That next person, what would... They wouldn't be able to lead anyone to the Lord. Because you're like, I don't know what we call it. Like the, the relief pitcher or whatever. Like not, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm mixing metaphors. I went from violin to baseball. And I don't know either of them. Uh, but, you know, like I'll look, at, I'll look at baseball sometimes. That's it. The closer. They got this thing called a closer. Who basically can come in like one, like half an inning left in the game. Pitches one strikeout. And they're like, yeah, he got the win. Like, how did he get the win? Like this other guy pitched the whole time. You might be that guy or that gal who pitched the whole game. And the Lord says, oh man, well done, well done, well done. We're going to have Joe close it out. And we say, Joe's got the gift of evangelism. No, he doesn't. He just came in at the very, that was the lowest hanging fruit in the world. He just went and picked it and said, oh, I guess I'm a farmer, right? <laughs> like he didn't do anything. <clears throat> I know, it's funny, but, but I, I just, I, this is so, I just see it all the time. People at the fire, and they're just afraid to get out because they're afraid to make a mistake. And they miss out on gifts that God has gifted them that, that you don't even know about. You don't even know the impact on the kingdom you can have. These, all these are the work of one and the same spirit. It is not about me. I've preached sermons. The per people have come up to me, Pastor, that was the best sermon last week oh, in the whole wide world. When you said, and they'll, they'll say something, I guarantee you they heard that on the internet. 
because I didn't say it the week before, right? And I've had times where they've repeated what I've said, and they said, this is how I applied it. And I'm like, I never intended for you to apply it that way. That, I wouldn't have done that. That isn't even what I said. And why? It's the Spirit of God at work. It's the Spirit of God at work. It is only our job to remain faithful to our place as a first responder. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Here's my question for you. What is your call to respond? To what or to whom is God calling you to respond? It could be anyone. You could be doing it right now. You could have a family member that's in crisis that you're helping through in an addiction or you're helping through in, 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 a, in some painful situation and you're alongside of them. You are a first responder and maybe that's it for you. For others, it might be something at work. Your job at work, you are a first responder at work. You, you bring shalom to that workplace. When you show up, the spirit of God is all over you and people go, it's gonna be okay. Maybe it's at school. Maybe, maybe you go to school and, and people go, ah, you know, I know I shouldn't say this or I shouldn't do this or whatever. And you're just a light there, just as a first responder. People are still acting the fool at school, but you, you're there. You're as a first responder, being faithful. We have this amazing opportunity, amazing opportunity to impact the next generation in our youth and in our children's ministry. Like that is, that is first responder stuff. That's changing lives, like physically, spiritually, and emotionally changing the course of people's lives. When you, have, when you take that opportunity to work with those kids, it's amazing. You say, I don't have the gift of teaching. Seven-year-olds, really? Come on. Yes, you do. You can teach seven-year-olds. You might not be able to you know, teach some college class, but who cares? You're not asked to do that anyway. He goes on, just as one body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit. There we go again. So as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles. In other words, it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter the socioeconomic uh, state that you're in. It doesn't matter your education. None of that means squat in the kingdom of God. It just means, okay... That's your reality. How are you going to be a first responder in that reality? Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And he goes on and he talks about the, you know, if a foot says this, and, you know, like a foot can't say to the eye, I don't need you, you know, and the eye can't say to the foot, you know, I, I don't need you, and like all, all these different things. And he could have just stopped here, but he kept going. And uh, he's just talking about this idea that, it's so great that we're different. Like, it's so awesome. Diversity is like the greatest thing in the kingdom of God. Because you're going to respond at a place I could never even reach. And you're going to respond in a family that maybe nobody knows. You're going to respond to a neighbor that God has dropped you right next to. As the worship band returns, I want to finish with this last verse. It's by Peter. Each of you should, what's that word? Use. Say it again. Use. Use whatever gift you have received to what? 
serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You might evangelize completely different than the way I do it. You might pray for somebody totally different than the faith healer. You might exercise hospitality in a completely different way than somebody else. You might preach different, teach different. You might give comfort different. You might be patient different. It's in its various forms. 